Peace and welcome to another episode of Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words, Beats, and Life. Peace, 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 and welcome to Artistry, where art meets industry. We are your hosts, Rochelle Etienne Robinson and Stan Substantial Robinson. Happy Wednesday, folks. Uh, what can we say? What's going on with you? Man, I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? Chilling. You know, trying to stay all the way out the way. Well, you know, good. Well, you good. Know. I appreciate that. How about you? That. How are you I feeling? It's Wednesday. We're almost there. Almost yeah, there. Yeah, almost yeah, at the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... But we have a special, well, every every day is special. Yeah, every we, day we is always special. have special guests. But this is a, one, of, one of the many special people in our lives that we are blessed to call friend. Absolutely. And uh, amazingly talented, as are all our guests. But uh, but this guy, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm going to let you read the bio, but I'm, you know, I'm going to freestyle a little bit, you know, because this, this, you know, this is bro. <laughs> this is big bro. Yeah. Well, if you are joining us for the first time, welcome to Artistry, the yes. Artistry podcast, where we are joined by visual and performing artists or arts administrators to discuss their creative journey. If you are already a subscriber, hey, welcome back. Yeah, welcome. Uh, today's guest is an American MC, producer, singer, songwriter, designer, filmmaker, and record executive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he first gained national recognition on the underground hip hop scene after winning a string of distinguished rap battles. Saw He's open firsthand. <laughs> he is open for Common, Razelle, The Beat Nuts, Royce to Five Nine, and Brand Nubian. He has appeared as a guest artist on several releases, including Master Ace, Pumpkinhead, Cunning Linguist, Immortal Technique, and KRS One. In 1997, he founded the QN5 music label and continues to release music independently. In 2017, he released his documentary, Polyoptics, The Formation of Polymer, which chronicles the creation of his multi-part second LP, offering a deep dive into the formative experiences behind his songs. Please welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, Tone deaf. Yes, indeed. Tony. Tony. <laughs> How are buddy. you? Good to be here. I'm happy to happy to hang out with y'all. Well, hey, man. thank Great you for joining you, us on the podcast. We are so happy to have you and learn more about your journey. The funny thing is, and we say this all the time with this show, is that. Um, you know, you can know somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You can know them, hang out with them, break bread, drink, whatever. But, you know, as far as knowing their story, a lot of us don't know. And so mm-hmm. this has been a great um, experience mm-hmm. um, for us to learn more about our folks. And so we thank you for being here. <laughs> yeah, man. Sweet. Yeah. I'm happy to and share see, And you see us rapping. You, know, see, you see us rapping in the back. Oh, like, uh, like I see it now. Do you see? You know what I'm saying? I took, see took it, it now. back, you know. You got, you got uh, the, the politics 12-inch single, and mm-hmm. you also have the special edition of Polymer on the wall. Very, mm-hmm. very fancy, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. You know you know, we had to rap. You know what I'm saying? I was, I mean, it was like, go through the collection real quick. Boo, boo, boo. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Let, me, let me take yeah. this Neil Sedaka record off top and uh, pull it <laughs> right. off underneath. <laughs> right. Dust this off. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, man. But no, nah, I've been looking forward to chopping it up with you, bro. Definitely. Um, yeah, man. Uh, God, man. Like, 
how many years have we known each other at this point? So it's been. It's been uh, let's do the math, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know it was late nineties. You know. Okay, yeah. so it is now twenty twenty three, right? Mm -hmm. And I moved to New York in ninety eight. Uh, I want to say 1999 was when I met Pac and Stan and you and everybody. So about 24 mm. years. Wow. Yeah, man. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. As long it's as crazy. we live together. Yeah, for it's sure. It's almost a quarter century. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, bro. It's That's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. That's amazing. That's amazing, man. We were well, just some young whippersnappers. Yeah. You well, know. You know, <laughs> you know. But yeah, man. How? How? You know. So obviously these past three years have been uh exciting yeah to say the <laughs> least you know how have you been holding up during the pandemic because i know that one of the things i know about you is uh you know you definitely kind of keep keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening like in terms of public health and safety and this that and the third year person that like for all the years i've known you when something's going on in the world, it's like, yeah, probably shouldn't go there, bro, because uh, they're dealing with this, <laughs> you know? So how yeah. have you been holding up with this? Because I know it's well, been a lot for you. I think, I mean, the pandemic is like a collective trauma, I feel like, mm -hmm. everybody went through, which is crazy. Because, mm -hmm. like, when have we had that since, you know, Spanish flu back in the day, you know what I mean? Right. And, like, yeah. we all, it, it, in the world, everybody has, like, COVID stories at this point. But for, for me, I think like the the where i was in, in my head mentally and, and just i'm already a hypochondriac so like i quarantined for like eight months straight i didn't mm. leave the apartment maybe wow. nine but <laughs> me right. and my partner stayed in the same apartment and never left for like eight to wow. nine months because nobody knew what was going on it was yeah. like yeah. people just weren't sure what was happening we were just getting yeah. all this crazy misinformation, this, and the CDC does this, and then, you know, MAGA people saying this, and then and some people are like, yeah, you're all going to die, you know? And I'm just mm -hmm. like, I'd rather just stay in here and play Last of Us. You know right, what right. I mean? <laughs> uh, and, and so, That, that yeah. way you can be be prepared just in case that... Be <laughs> <laughs> survival right. training it, it, for right, the apocalypse. Survival training, pretty much. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Which is crazy. So, like, when I tell people that, they're like, what? Like, yo, and... It I, it did it does a number on you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like you get a bit a little bit agoraphobic, blah 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 blah, and you right. start like fearing going outside and shit. Like eventually, obviously, I'm fine now. I I you know yeah. I've been out. I go to the movies. Like I, everything is everything is manageable now. I still mask up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. If I'm in a if I'm in a crowded space or I go to the supermarket, I'll still mask up. But when I'm outside, I don't. I'm good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't right. I don't have a mask on. I'm just walking around. Um, right. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I, it, it definitely set me for a loop. But um, I will say this. It it kind of like I, I kind of feel like everybody had the stories are like, you know, I started working out, you know, like I learned a new hobby, you know, I'm on my Peloton, you know, <laughs> and like I didn't do any of that shit. <laughs> you, didn't you didn't learn how to crochet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, but but what I did do was I I made I produced a lot. I made a lot of music, mm -hmm. you know, and like and 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 I think that coming out of uh, I don't want to get too deep into this, but uh, coming out of Polymer, my last album, the Herculean effort of making a movie and an album, mm. a multi-part album, and the whole multimedia experience over that long, it burned me out so bad that I needed a break, yeah. and so. Yeah. I fell back to what I love, which is making beats and making music. 
you know, mm. like not writing, but just like fucking around in my synthesizer, you know, and like right. seeing what happens and coming up with stuff. And so I just had this treasure trove of of production. And now it's all coming out with these definition series that I'm I'm putting out now in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, man, yeah. No, definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to all the music you've been cooking up. And uh, it's a quick sidebar: that is an awesome hat you have on, by the way. You know, just wanted to <laughs> throw that out there. Yes. You know. <laughs> Uh, yes, I was telling, was telling Stan earlier that uh, I've been getting compliments on this cat. So he sent this to me. I got, you know, I mixed the record. You know what I'm saying? So I get like free shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I mixed that shit. So this is my payment. He paid me in a hat. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, he actually paid me. Same. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so this hat is so fire. When I go out and I'm just out and about and, and, you know, around people literally like, yo, the hat is amazing. Where'd you get that hat? So if you haven't got this hat, go get the hat. It's so fire. Oh, look at that. We didn't pay him to say that. You know? <laughs> I did I did pay him to do other things for the record, but I didn't pay him to say that. But no, the endorsement but, wasn't part of the deal. Right, 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 right. But back to you. Back to you, you know. <laughs> so speaking of let's go back to let's go back to the beginning. Um Ish. Ish. <laughs> right. So what was your cause you obviously you're someone that's interested in um many forms of art. What was your first introduction to art and how old were you? Oh man. Uh okay, so I always just knew. <laughs> it's hard to explain. Um but I just always knew that I was an artist. I just, I, there was never any sort of second thought about any of it. It just, mm -hmm. I just knew it, you know? So my earliest memories are literally drawing cartoons and I was obsessed with drawing. I just, I would draw constantly, constantly, constantly. I ended up going to, you know, to art school, the new world school, the, the new world school, of the arts in Miami, um, um, for fine arts and, and illustration. And, um, it just, I just always knew, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think around the time when, when like when I was a kid, there was like a there was this bro I'll put it this way. There was a broken piano in one of the apartments that we lived in. We roach infested, rat infested Chicago ass apartment. And there was a broken upright piano that was there when we moved in. Mm -hmm. And it didn't work and it sounded it was completely like all the keys were fucked up. It just didn't work. And I just remember obsessively just trying to get it to work and like the frustration of not being able to like play anything on it was so mm -hmm. annoying. And so <clears throat> um, very early on, I knew that I knew that like there was a want there, you know, like an unfulfilled mm -hmm. want to create music, you know, but um, so essentially I started, I, I started drawing, I became a, a b-boy super early on you know when everybody was out there with the linoleum and the cardboard you know and it was late to chicago so it was a couple years late in chicago i was in mm -hmm. chicago till I was, till I was 13 and so um you know hip-hop was like becoming like the culture was emerging heavily mm -hmm. in chicago at the time mm -hmm. and it just i got swept up in it so i was tagging you know, and I, I was drawing and I was I was b-boying. I was learning how to dance, but I was like, you know, seven, eight years old and obsessed. And then a set, uh, 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 when I knew like when I went when 
I, I got injured very badly as a child. I was trying to head spin, and apparently your neck muscles aren't strong enough to support your weight as a child. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to head spin, and I like destroyed my neck essentially. So I was in a mm-hmm. neck brace for like two and a half, three months. Oh wow! And uh, I couldn't dance anymore. And so I went from dancing. I was because I was obsessed with dancing into just a drawing and then writing. And then mm-hmm. one day, you know. Uh, you know, I got obsessed with like Sugar Hill Gang and LL Cool J and like everything Def Jam was putting out. And when Beastie Boys released License to Ill, that was the first cassette tape I ever bought with my own money. Wow. Uh, and then I just started rewriting. I would listen to their shit and memorize it and rewrite their rhymes with my own rhymes. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then next thing you know, I just started making up stuff in my hallway with a tape recorder and just like, you know, but I just always knew that I was an artist. I've never had any doubt whatsoever about what I wanted to do ever. You know, wow. now I do. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> now you know, I have many you, doubts. When you're young, you have no fear, right? right. You just go right. out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've ever told that story before, so thank thank you for that. Nice. That's exclusive. Exclusive. No, no. Right, right. Yeah. You, you heard it here first. Right, right. No, and so it's it's funny. So you talking about how you uh, started writing and how you fell in love with it uh, is a perfect segue to like you know time. A lot more time passes. You're you're starting to do this on a regular basis. You're putting out your own music. Like so, you have you know I, over the years. I mean, I've known you for over twenty years. So I've heard people compare you to a wide variety of artists, um, but there's there's definitely like a a signature like tone deaf style type Mm -hmm. of delivery you had i like i i've seen you be a chameleon and do a ton of things but like but you definitely have like you know musically have created your own brand um so to speak and so how would you like how did you go uh, go about developing that style and then how would you define it how would you define it to other folks if you had to explain what it is you do um so i I think like the easiest approach uh, the easiest summation of you know what it is i do lyrically is i i I say it as an ad lib on uh case closed (laughs) <laughs> this is a song on my archetype record i say i am a hi-hat mm. i'm just i'm a hi-hat um i mm. try to i try to play with beats with rhythm the way that jazz musicians play with hi-hats mm-hmm. and 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 that is a very distinct way to play with rhythm it it, it differs from piano it differs from uh, sax it differs it differs from you know any any other or any other instrument in a band the mm-hmm. hi-hat you know obviously the drummer is is the backbone right mm-hmm. but a the hi-hat when you get fancy with a hi-hat as a jazz drummer it's doing some incredibly difficult shit and because mm-hmm. you have two hands you're mm-hmm. able to do things with a hi-hat you know that you can't necessarily do with one tongue right so right. i try to get as close to a hi-hat as I possibly can. Like, what would a jazz drummer do here? You know? Yeah. Um, hmm. in, ter- in terms of, in terms of like how I got here, um, I think, it, I think it's just a combination of just being as old as I am and, and uh, <laughs> um, seeing like all the waves, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, of shit come in and out of style. 
where mm. you know my like my early early influences you know obviously you know all the def jam shit lo cool j was i was obsessed with lo cool j i was obsessed with with public enemy i was obsessed with beastie boys i was obsessed mm. with uh and then i started to get like really technical about where does he breathe when is he taking a break mm-hmm. when is you know and and then i heard then 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 you hear rock him and you're like oh okay so there's like a certain kind of like rhyme pattern. And then you hear cool Modine, he's doing a little bit more complicated shit. And then you hear Def Jep and this motherfucker's just rhyming every word. And you're like, Oh shit. And then the DOC and you're just like, Oh my God. And then it's, you know, and, and then like every rapper that I would hear would, was like collecting the fucking infinity stones. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to collect all the infinity stones and just like wield them. And I, Oh, and, and essentially, and, I'll say this as an MC or as an artist in general, you start out mimicking to mm-hmm. learn. Yeah. And as you gr- get older and as you practice your craft, the idea is to break, break the old knowledge of what you had into something new, like eventually mm-hmm. combine enough of these things where it is now yours, where mm-hmm. you no longer sound like anyone else, right. you know? Um, and so, like, if you go back to almost anybody's early work, they always sound like someone else. Mm-hmm. And by the end of their career, they are they are themselves. So art is truly the expression of self-realization, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, not to, not to elongate the answer any more than I need to, which I feel I have, uh, mm-hmm. but it was, it was getting to hear was, you know, learning every style and then trying to combine it all in a way that I, that I knew that was mine, that I knew that it was only mine uniquely and only I could do this thing because I put 30 to, you know, 30 plus years into learning the craft, you know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then breathe. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget that part. Right. (laughs) And then breathe. And then (laughs) after you do all of that, you know, I mean, Tone, you are very multi-talented. I mean, we've talked Mm -hmm. about this in in length, but, um, you know, you are, as we showed earlier, you know, uh, you draw, you're an illustrator, you are a music producer, you're audio engineer, you're a filmmaker, and we'll talk more about that a little later. you know, with all these things that you've done and you do them very well, all of them, what, which medium would you say brings you the most joy? Um, I, I definitely would have to say like music production, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it like when I was younger, I, I would probably would have said like writing rhymes or mm-hmm. drawing, mm-hmm. drawing used to bring me a lot of joy as a kid. Um, but then I just got like impatient with it. Like it, you know, drawing, uh, it's very, very, very time consuming. And it's, it's, uh, it requires a great deal of patience to do well, mm-hmm. you know, sure. like to do it at the elite level, like you have to be very patient, you know, mm-hmm. and then music, there's more of like an immediate gratification to music. But the thing with music that is, that is truly, well, music production in general, the things, mm-hmm. the, the thing for me that is truly, um, addictive is that, Sometimes you make some shit and you have no idea how you did it. It is just mm-hmm. magic, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then it's just like, wow, like you just get to swim in this like magic world, you know? And these, um, these things happen out of nowhere that are 
complete happenstance that just turn into incredible pieces of art or whatever. Um, I always say this. Uh, well, I repeat this, but I have a I have an idol uh, in Tori Amos. She's one of my my favorite artists of mm-hmm. all time, and she yeah. th- there's there's this interview with her where she's talking about how you know we're all just antennas. You know, every artist is an antenna and it's not really you, so to speak, that's creating this thing so much as you're a receptor for Mm. these things that are floating out there in the universe. And certain people just have certain frequencies to pull in and they're tuned to certain frequencies and they pull in these things from the ether and they create these things. So it's like she's she would sit every every day for, you know, two hours in her studio and just wait and stick around and maybe nothing happens that day but then one day something happens and that was mm-hmm. the day that she had her antenna up waiting for lightning mm-hmm. to strike and that's literally wow. what we all do as artists you know yeah. and mm-hmm. so to when i make music that's what it feels like mm-hmm. you know yeah that's dope that's dope so uh we're gonna back up a little bit to uh talk about you know um how not everyone who knows you knows you, but probably like 90% of the folks who, uh, maybe even more than that, who know you, uh, it's almost impossible or it is impossible to separate your name from Q and five. And so, um, I'm just curious to know, um, and matter of fact, let's back up, back up even further. Cause I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Um, just tying into the last thing. Cause we were talking about what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that you do um, that anyone who knows you personally and, um, you know, and then people who know you through the music, who know you through the Q and five records and all of that stuff, you're known for doing these crazy impressions, right? Like you've done impressions of me, ice T, <laughs> you know what I mean? Aaron, Aaron Neville, like, bro, I can. I Aaron can, Neville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, man, like classic. I, I think of so many moments hanging out where you do one of these voices, man, and it's so accurate. Yeah. And and so it, it got me to wondering when we look at your bio and we look at all of the hyphens, right? Like all of the different things. Um, and that was, no pun intended. You know what I mean? That was a project of his hyphen. Um, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, when we look at all the things you do, I've always wondered why you never got into voice acting. So, because um, it's like, so good. Yeah, like, <laughs> have you ever considered it? Like, and you know, if so, like, why or why not? Like, you know, um, we met, bring back Squeegee. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to do with Squeegee. <laughs> right. I don't know who does Squeegee's voice. <laughs> um, I mean, I, 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 okay, I'll put it this way. My entire life, literally, my entire life, people are like, you should do radio. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you should do, you know, uh, voice acting. My mm-hmm. entire life, not once has ever, ever anybody been like, hey, man, I have this job for you. Could you do like a voiceover for this? <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. never once. And so one day, you know, years ago, I was like, all right, well, let me look into this. You know, like, let mm-hmm. me actually see what it requires. And then I saw... That it was basically just like a bunch of rappers making mixtapes of their voice demos, (laughs) trying to get people to pay attention, tweeting their shit. I was like, I don't have the energy to try to get famous in another industry. Like, it is the same hustle. And I'm like, I've already put in so much work on this music shit. I don't have the energy to, like, try to get known as a voice actor. Look, 
I will never turn down a dope opportunity to do something, you know? Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. anybody hears what I've done or what, you know, I have, I feel like I have plenty of shit out there, you know, where there would be a great demo, but mm -hmm. like, I just, I just feel like it's another hassle to try to break into a new industry okay, that I just sure. never bothered. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. I would like to yeah. though, you know, yeah. like I would, I would You'd love that. You'd be great. It, You'd be great at it. Yeah, Thank for you. sure, for sure. Yeah, man, I was um, just listening to the old Efam album uh, <laughs> the other day. <laughs> and I'm and I'm telling my boy as we're listening, and he was like, "Wait, that's tone." I was like, "Yeah." And then another thing plays. He was like, "Wait, that's tone." I was like, "Yeah, that's also tone." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. But yeah, man, definitely. Uh, if if someone's listening now and you got some work for tone, uh, I mean, you know, uh, you know, saying. like I can do I can do some voices. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hit the link. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you. you know, yeah, no problem. Bro. Absolutely. You know, Tony, you talked about the industry and you've been in it for Ugh. several years, <laughs> right? And that. I'm sure <laughs> it's left a bad taste in your mouth. Pause. Um, <laughs> you, you don't have to say pause. You're a woman. <laughs> you can say it again. It was only due time, people. It was only due time. It was only due time. Um, but no, you've been in the industry for so long. And obviously, you know, it, it has its peaks and valleys. But you decided, you know, long ago, many, many years ago, to start your own label, QN5 Music. What has been, you know, its impact over the years? I mean, you guys have created a whole culture around this label. I'm, I'm, I'm behind this brand, you know, from the color, you know, the baby blue to the the number of artists that have been signed to your label. Like what inspired it for one? What inspired it to to start? And then what do you think is, its lasting legacy will be? Um, well, first, firstly, I want to shout out all the blue schoolers that are still listening, mm -hmm. uh, that are still uh, supporting and even as like all the artists have splintered off, you know, like um, they're still getting support from the the OG blue schoolers, and I, that that makes me so mm -hmm. happy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so like, I think what why I started it was essentially I, you know, I had been through the major label system for years and years and years prior to me starting QN Five, you know. Um, I had had development deals you know i've been i've been shopped all over i have been in the offices of all the power players back in the late 90s early 2000s you know mm -hmm. and it was always a thing where th they just never it was always the same thing we don't know how to market you yeah. right right uh, too, uh, uh, too white for the too 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 white for the black people. Too fucking <laughs> um, too black for the white people. Not Spanish enough for the Latinos. Just yeah. not. It just they just didn't see it, you know. Right. Um, and so I got incredibly frustrated, and I just decided to start putting my money where my mouth was. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So like, pretty much every dollar I ever made from my day jobs or working whatever career I was in at the time went directly into investing into, you know, wow. QN5. And uh, that was, that's always been true, you know, as a, always a labor of love. And, and 
as somebody who started super duper young and, and having a kid rap group and I've been on I was on Arsenio Hall when I was 16 like mm-hmm. you know I've been through the ringer and there's so much bullshit out there and there's so much it, the record industry is one of the most horrific environments for creatives it is filled with schemers scammers you know thieves uh, and leeches mainly leeches mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. mainly leeches so the people that create the art are always getting fucked. And so I wanted to create an environment where, you know, the artist that I saw that had talent and had something to offer the world had an outlet, even if it was a tiny little AM radio station, mm-hmm. you know, which was Q and five. It's like, you really had to dial deep on the radio on AM <laughs> way down the dial to find Q and five, but like it was there. And, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of the work that we did. And more importantly, because everybody was like hand selected, everybody had a common voice in that everybody had a deep love for hip hop and wanted to do something new and interesting. They weren't content Mm -hmm. with just, you know, the run of the mill shit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the connective tissue between the artists and the fans was always the everyman thing. Like Mm -hmm. there was no scenesters that were Q and five fans because Mm -hmm. we weren't scenesters and scenesters are what, are popular, you know, mm-hmm. for time mm-hmm. it moves on. Um, and so I think the legacy of it and the reason why people are still coming back is because they, they, they connect to an everyman quality in it. Um, mm-hmm. It is life music for people going through life that don't have any sort of, you know, bullshit uh, personas and they're not putting fake shit out in the world. It's real music for real life for real people. And mm-hmm. it's still we're evolving and making that music for them in their periods of time that they're living. So, like, it just continues to evolve with the fans. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what the legacy is, yeah. you know, in terms yeah. of all the indie shit, in terms of all like the Internet, you know, focus marketing and the way that we did it with the colors and all that. Like, that was just my marketing background. And you know what I mean? Like, just trying to mm-hmm. make it all work. Um, but I, I do think that. We'll, we will have been written out of the history books in terms of our impact on like the internet hip hop mm-hmm. wave because mm-hmm. we just didn't explode past a certain level. Um, but we certainly laid the groundwork for a lot of the things that are current now, like a hundred percent, a thousand percent. Yeah, yeah so. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so real quick. So we're going to uh, pause for a second and uh, come back with more tone deaf. But, you know, we got to shout out. Uh, words beats in life um who helps power our um awesome podcast that we've been doing for four seasons now um so yeah man yeah we clap it up for that and so definitely um want to shout out words beats in life and we're gonna take a quick break and have a quick uh ad from them and then we'll be back with more tone down all right everybody hang tight my name is Jakia Hall and I am the Academy Manager and the Fashion Design Teacher. I've always been creative on my own, but being able to actually express it through a medium and being able to showcase to others the type of creativity I had probably helped me in the best way in terms of confidence. I've always been passionate about keeping the youth in the arts. It wasn't really an outlet when I was younger. Being able to showcase that to younger students who at a time may not have someone that 
is telling them that being an artist is a real career and also being a black woman, of course. Being able to be that figure for them and let them know that if I can do it, you can do it, if not better. That's why I'm at Words, Beats, and Life. Enroll in my fashion design class today at wblinc.org slash academy. Yes, yes, and we are back. Shout out once again to Words, Beats, and Life. Thank you for all that you do for the community, um, you know, for hip-hop culture, and uh, all that great stuff, man. Um, once again, we are back with our brother Tone Deaf. Um, and so, for this next question, um, definitely wanted to talk about, you know, uh, we kind of left off with you talking about what Q and Five, uh, what Q and Five's legacy is, and um, you know, and clearly through the label. Uh, you've supported like a ton of different artists. Um, I, I've learned a ton from working with you. Um, anytime someone like uh, shouts me out about like my flow um, or like, you know, punchlines or, or any of those things, you know, what I mean, I owe a ton to, to you, um, to artists like Pac, who kept me sharp. People like Kokai, who encouraged me to use my singing voice more and like and I learned techniques from so many of y'all right and um and i know i've seen personally what you've done not just for me but what you've done for a ton of artists but what we all what we don't sometimes get to talk about is like who who have been those people for you right like who is like who have you personally learned from who's mentored you over the years and like what's the best piece of advice any of those folks have given you um Wow, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I have never really had anybody to kind of show me the way, mm. you know? Um, and and I kind of feel like that that's how I've like trailed off so far into the, into the forest, you know? I, I'm just making this shit up as I go, really. You know, mm. my, my, neither of my parents was, you know, into any, they never were like, pushing me to do any of it or you know like my my family generally doesn't even know that i you know what my song titles are like nobody cares you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so i've always just sort of looked towards artists that i love and respect and try to pick them apart and use them as sort of like guides mm -hmm. you know oh like what what's bjork doing you know like what's mm -hmm. what's tom york doing what's what's uh What's James Blake doing? What's Sone doing? You know, like the, the I, I look, I look to see and I, I, what they're doing, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I can, I can figure out how to do what they do so that I can incorporate some of those things into hip hop, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, I, I, obviously, I've, I, I've, I've surrounded myself with some incredibly talented fucking people, substantial, you know. I, I and and I, I've yeah. listen, I've blown plenty of smoke. <laughs> you know yeah. uh in your direction uh because you're substantial is like one of the greatest living mcs on the planet and oh, it wow. it is oh, immensely frustrating for me that more people don't know that you know um but i've you know i've surrounded myself with 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 brothers and who are also incredible artists you know no from kind of linguist deacon the villain you know, like mm -hmm. these are these are all people that I that I listen to as a fan and I respect and I love. So the privilege the privilege of being able to like 
send music over and like get quick feedback or like, am I, what you, is this terrible? Or like, you know, mm -hmm. and hearing, hearing uh, uh, when somebody builds you up, that propels you forward. Yeah, um, sure. And so, yeah, I, I, I've kind of needed to surround myself with other artists that I, that I love and respect. Um, but in terms of like, you know, like mentors and stuff like that, I, I, I really haven't had any. <laughs> unfortunately i wish i did so like mm -hmm. with lucy you know uh lucy camp is an artist that i, I work with you know mm -hmm. I, i'm trying to help her career like cut through all the bullshit and like just mm -hmm. get to the get, get like get as far and as fast uh get, get as far as she can as fast as she can with her career because you know i wasted so many years trying to like figure it out on my own you know yeah yeah so no nah, i feel you I definitely feel you. Um, and since you brought her up, you know, uh, shout out to Lucy Camp. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for those of you listening to the show right now, if you're not familiar with Lucy Camp, um, definitely check her out. Tone is uh, very selective with who he works with and who he co-signs. He doesn't like a lot. <laughs> I'm joking. He like. <laughs> right, right. There's plenty of things Tone likes, but it's uh, but he's very selective, <laughs> right? Uh, with that's a very diplomatic he, way to say that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I hate you her. Know, Just say it, Stan. Right, right. And he's like Tone's like, yeah, no, f everything except not, this. This is cool, but he, he everything curates. else he curates. Yeah, he's curating. Yes. He's curating the hell yes. out of things. <laughs> Thank you, Shell. And, Shel. and so and so you know, but Lucy has been somebody who's managed to to cut through and and like you know. Um, obviously like get opportunities doing a lot of work with you you've been producing a ton of her records you've been releasing things through your um, your imprint um, your new imprint uh, or newish imprint Quintic um, so talk about that like how how did that come together like why did you create Quintic and what's it like working with Lucy um, I'll try to tackle that in order so uh, with Quintic I, I felt a need to sort of like create a, a, a fresh slate um, mm -hmm. from a branding perspective that would allow me to kind of make music that wasn't specifically catered to a hip hop audience. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I wanted people to kind of not have any of the baggage, the hip hop boom bap backpacker baggage that they may have associated mentally with Q and five. And sure. so with Quintic, I wanted it to be genreless music, you know, feel based. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't mm -hmm. like, don't think just feel, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, that was the whole idea with that. So, you know, eventually I, I I will put out a Peter Anthony Red fully sung project and it will be under Quintic under a different name and people hey. will be like, yo, why are you rocking it? This is like, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to avoid all that. Thank you for the claps. Clap it up. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to avoid all of that shit. So you, you kind of have to create these partitions uh, with your own body of work so that uh, uh, to avoid confusion, you know, yeah. um, just in terms of how people listen to music your fans are always going to know what you're doing period mm -hmm. you know but if for newbies when they come in you know if they're hearing a a, a peter anthony red record where he's singing and playing piano and then the next thing i'm doing like hyper speed raps at 192 beats per minute they're gonna be like what is happening here you right. know this doesn't work on my playlist you know so mm -hmm. uh you ruined the party bro so like <laughs> um so so that was the need for that so um with with lucy the way that I ended up finding her is um, Amplify, a, 
from Hectic Zenith, uh, an amazing producer. He found her Facebook page back in like 2015, something like that. And mm -hmm. uh, she had me listed as one of her influences. You know, like you can put influences wow. on Facebook. It was yeah. like uh, uh, someone named uh, uh, Raman Jamal, who I came to find out is a, a hip hop teacher out in the Bay Area. And mm -hmm. um, tone deaf, like those are the two influences that were listed. Wow. And he heard her and he was like, she's incredible. And he sent me, sent me the link. I saw it. I listened to it and she had just recorded a mixtape called Virago. And I was, I mean, bro, when I tell you the level of mm -hmm. emceeing that she does is like God level flow. Yeah, that's, I mean busy. it, you know, she gets yeah, crazy she with it, like hyper technical, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, and she, and she was like, I don't know. I think she was like 16 or something like that at the time. And so I reached out. And I was like, dude, like, uh, uh, I would love to work with you. Nothing happened for a year. A year later, I saw it pop up on my feed again, just organically. And I, re I emailed this time to a different email that I saw. And she, she wrote me back. And the rest is history, you know. Wow. Um, so with, with her, it's been such a great, rewarding experience because, you know, lose, you know she, she is – She's like in the pro she has a sound and she has a, a very unique thing to her. But mm -hmm. in the process of she's she's in the process of collecting her infinity stones right now. Yeah. You know? Oh, and sad. and I'm 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 fucking um uh who's who's the who's the the dude that gets like bodied by <laughs> by by Spider-Man or Doctor Strange who was helping out Thanos on the show. I don't know. Oh this yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I know exactly what character you're talking about. Uh <laughs> Oh you know the alien God. face dude, the magician yeah, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? The one so, that uh, Tony Stark's called Squidward. <laughs> Squidward, yeah. So I'm Squidward yeah. right now, <laughs> you know, and, and like I'm I'm essentially assisting in in helping, you know, her collect these Infinity Stones. But in that, she's teaching me a lot about stuff that you know that's very local, very Bay Area, mm -hmm. very you know current. You know, she's 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 uh, she's a queer artist as well. So like I'm learning mm -hmm. a lot about that space as well. And mm -hmm. it's it's been amazing, an amazing learning experience and like extremely rewarding when she did when she did do her shows and she's doing her shows now and seeing fans connecting with the music, yeah, you know, and like coming up to her and she's the star. And I'm like, yes, this is yeah. this. This is a victory, you know. Yeah, um, so like with Quintic, what, what I've realized and just to finish this thought is, you know, what started as a record label imprint is ebony maw thank you mm -hmm. thank you so yeah. much um so what start what started as a label i realized you know is more of a creative direction house mm -hmm. you know and so the i feel like there's a lot of baggage tied to the idea of a record label like expectations yeah. and this and this and that like right. i i don't want to do that anymore you know yeah. i just don't i i've done yeah. it i don't want to do it anymore i'm a creative director so naturally, yeah. I should have a creative direction house. I should have essentially a, a development house, you know, mm -hmm. and that's what I do. So my strengths are finding talent, developing talent and packaging that talent. And so um, that's what I want to do. And that's where Quintic is now. That's so that's dope. That's dope, man. So, Tone, among, again, <laughs> the many hats that you wear. All the hats. Outside <laughs> of the adultish one he's wearing. Yeah, outside. Right. <laughs> right. Um, back in 2017, you debuted your directorial debut, a documentary, 
um, the name Polyoptics, the formation of polymer. You get very candid with this project. You really delve deep, right? You, you discuss, <laughs> you know, you discuss some some very personal, you know, challenges that you were going through. Um, why do you think? What made you? What made that release? I guess the question is, what was it that you felt? What was going on at that time that you felt like you know what? I'm ready to. Be vulnerable, right? And really mm -hmm. express to your fans, you know, what is it that you were going through? Um, why did you feel so comfortable that you wanted to be able to share that? Um, I think it was, I think it was the idea that like, you have to sort of hyper articulate what it is that you're doing as an artist now in order for anybody to understand any of it. Yeah. Like everything is so disposable and vapid that nobody places any sort of importance or reverence on your work mm -hmm. because there's literally every minute there's 400,000 pieces of content uploaded to the internet and I'm supposed to care, mm -hmm. you know? And so when I was making the movie, it, 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 was, it was sort of like a, a dual attempt at trying to make well, a, a triple attempt at trying to make a dope movie, which mm -hmm. is really hard. Um, uh, and, 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 and secondly, trying to tell my entire life story, which mm -hmm. I, nobody knew. You know, mm -hmm. I never talked about anything personal about my family or none of that shit on any of my records, ironically. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and thirdly, to kind of highlight the technical and uh, uh, thematic feats that was the project, you know, and mm -hmm. spelling it out for people so that they could parrot that to somebody else and be like, did you know he did this thing? Because I watched a documentary where he said, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so like, you kind of have to spell it out for people. And so the movie was like a, like a, an art artistic way to kind of do that, you know, mm -hmm. a, a, a triple, a triple Lutz, you know, mm -hmm. um, it was beautiful. It, it was beautiful. It was really high quality. Well it was yeah. very well done. You did a Thank fantastic you. job. Yeah. It shit killed me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like right. that shit killed me. Like thank I I it, it, I'm very happy that you enjoyed the film. And like mm -hmm. I I recently took to Instagram. I was just like, bro, like I don't think anybody's seen this movie. And I like killed myself trying to make this movie. You know, I did mm -hmm. a premiere, mm -hmm. um, for the whole thing in a movie theater, like. You know, and like, I just remember how drained I was mm -hmm. at that premiere. I was empty. I was just mm -hmm. like, I had just every piece of creative energy had just been just drawn from me in making a record and the movie. You know, it's like, you know how many fucking people it takes to make a movie? Mm -hmm. I did it alone, you know? Mm -hmm. And like while I made it and produced and wrote an album and and mixed and like it just it was just too much. And so I have like a little bit of PTSD with that movie, you know, um, but I think long term it'll serve its purpose that I originally intended was was to do all those three things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm hoping that down the line it'll kind of get looked at, you know, the same way that like. The making of not, not to not to high post myself here, but the, the making of like, you know, um, 
Hard Day's Night or like mm-hmm. uh, Dark Side of the Moon or, you know, how the fuck did he right. do it? Oh, there's a movie about it. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah. I hope that yeah. answers your question. <laughs> yeah. No, it does. I mean, and the thing is, and I'm going to go right into the next one because it, mm-hmm. it's, I think it works it ties mm-hmm. together. Yeah. You know, we we joke all the time, you know, uh, us as creatives, you especially, you know, being a workaholic, like doing it all. Or self-professing insomniac. You know? Yeah, self exactly, mm-hmm. self-professed insomniac. Like, and I, I get it. I get it 100%. It's like, you know, instead of sometimes reaching out for help or support, you just, sometimes you just might as well do it yourself because you know what you want and it's like you have to train or you have to tell people and it's like, it's just too much work so you just might as well do it yourself. What's What lessons have you learned from that process that now or are you focusing on provide, um, focusing on self-care? Like, on self-care. Yeah, and prioritizing Because that. doing what, you're, what you've done, obviously, you know, you turned out a great project, but it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for our health. And so, <laughs> not at all. And for our mental, and when I say your mental health, your physical health, yeah. your spiritual health. So, what are you doing now to, prior to, to prioritize self care? Uh, well, I spent thousands of dollars on therapy. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, no, you're 100% right. It, it was, it was a, a devastatingly, uh, traumatic burnout you know um Mm -hmm. to the point where you know i remember being at like so and so's birthday party and yo get on stage and i was like my whole body would just shut down i was like like i couldn't and this Mm -hmm. is something that i I duck to water normally i don't care but like just the idea of getting on a stage or rapping in front of people is like and that's like something is deeply wrong you know um and so i had i had to kind of take a very sort of long break and 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 find my love again mm-hmm. and find the energy again um so a lot of therapy basically and the hardest thing for me with the, is the you know is the perfectionism and like i after making the that project i realized that like dude 70% of the shit I did on the record just went over everybody's head. Like nobody mm-hmm. will ever pick it apart, find what I did. Mm-hmm. will never be able to, it's just like, there are certain things like little things like what is track eight glutton gluttons mm-hmm. eat eight, eat track number mm-hmm. eight, little things like that. Yeah. yeah. First thing, first song, the things you don't see coming last song control. You don't have control of the things you don't see coming. Right. As a as right. a, a book ended, like there is so much thought put into all of this shit yeah. that nobody ever notices. And so right. now I've gotten to a point where I'm like, I gotta stop obsessing and caring this much because nobody is gonna care. So why am I killing myself? Literally mm. killing myself. Lack, like lack, sleep deprivation is so bad for you. Yeah. Like I might as well be an alcoholic, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. Like, m- m- and I got heart problems in my family, so it's like, it's it's not worth the damage I'm doing to my health. Yeah, yeah. To like push it. So what I'm learning through therapy is just like, can I be okay with putting it out? Just like this. 
it doesn't have to be mixed down to within an inch of a decibel, an <laughs> inch of a frequency. You know, it it just mm. it just it's okay. Yeah. This is okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's enough. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Man, you feel you, me? You, oh, you know I feel you. Like, <laughs> you I mean, in I mean, I talk. Uh, you know, I do a weekly thing uh, with with my audience over on my YouTube channel, and I tell them all the time, like you know, like you kill yourself doing a thing, uh, and just for people to, you know, like you understand that they they have a certain relationship with certain songs of yours and stuff like that. And what I've found, you know, like it's like when we study our own history, our own journey, like I find that the things that I the songs I put the least amount of care into mm -hmm. a lot of times the ones are that. the ones that people love the most. Right. And and it's wild because people say they want art, say they want people to push boundaries, this, that and the third. But like, you know, it's. Yeah. I find I I definitely have struggled with that over the years because the times I do it right and the songs off the time that like you know are like required the least amount of thought right I put the least amount of effort into the things that are arguably the more marketable things right like uh <laughs> yeah. you know in terms of like <laughs> you know easier to digest blah 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 more palatable blah mm -hmm. and so so you know I, I find myself calling bullshit a lot when i hear people um talking about it and what i've learned too is like sometimes oh, the, the reaches the so many reaches when i hear people talk about other artists i'm mm -hmm. like oh that's such a reach you guys are so reaching right now anyway yeah, sorry oh, yeah. no no you're <laughs> ab but you're absolutely right yeah. it's and it seems like they oftentimes they're so critical of you right mm -hmm. a person who has far less resources who has you know um who who it requires so much more of you to do things that uh, are far beyond what people in the mainstream or who have the uh, like not an infinite amount of resources, but more than you. Um, and somehow, like people are far more critical of folks who have far less. And I just find that I find that really, really interesting, man. Um, I remember um, I remember a particular artist. I ain't gonna throw throw this uh, this artist under the bus. I am a fan of this stuff. But I found it really interesting when they dropped, um, finally dropped their uh, their quote unquote solo album. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just looking at how excited everyone like was and this, that, and the third. And I had been waiting on it too. And when I heard it, I was just so unimpressed, bro. I was just like, nah, this ain't it. Like, <laughs> fam, we've been waiting how long? Like, this ain't it. Yeah. And um, and then people looking at me like I was crazy, like I was hating. And I was just like, nah, bro, I've been waiting. For as long as you have, I know what type of resources they have access to. Mm -hmm. They've done stuff prior to this that sounds way better than mm -hmm. this does. And they didn't have the resources then. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not impressive. But last part of this, right? People were talking about, this is in March of that particular year. They're like, oh, it's album of the year. It's going to be this, that, and the third. I was like, yo, mark my words, fam. Mark my words. No one's going to be talking about this record by the end of the year. <laughs> no one. And the wild thing is, right, that's exactly what happened. Because, uh, like, I mean, you could tell when you listen to it. Like, if if you kind of put your own, 
like tamed your own excitement just a little bit because the person finally did the thing they were supposed to do eight years prior right and yeah bro like it's 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 hard to love this game it's really really hard to love it it's hard to keep doing it when you witness when you witness things like that when you yeah when you put and, and, and so much and pour so much that's something yeah that's that's something i feel like especially as mcs because there is a competitive nature in mcing like at the root you know mm-hmm. it's it's uh, um letting letting go of a lot of that stuff oh that's a good that's a, there you mm-hmm. go it was yes <laughs> like like letting go of the idea of somebody getting something that you deserve mm-hmm. right there's like this like internalized entitlement that we all have as artists. It's like I put time into my craft. I am good. I should get this thing. Why mm-hmm. is this person getting it? You know, when you when you when you realize and I did very early on was you know the whole shit is high school. It's a popularity contest. So and so's dating so and so. It's all gossip and bullshit. And when I see like rap Twitter and all this kind of shit, it's just a bunch of like people that don't understand what they're talking about, looking for acceptance from other people that don't know what they're talking about. It's the blind leading the blind, you know, and then it becomes like, who's your favorite rapper? And then it just becomes fucking the name game. I'm just going to name everybody I know. So I feel relevant. Mm -hmm. It's just like, dude, like it's is not everybody can't. This is not a list. You're just you're just naming shit. This is not objective it's all bullshit all of it is bullshit it has nothing to do with the art the music industry is completely bullshit has Mm. nothing to do with art nothing Mm. i I can't repeat this enough the music industry has nothing to do with art if you Mm. are an artist make art and stop trying to succeed in the music industry yeah it's just industry it's social it. collateral more than anything else, mm-hmm. right? Like it seems like <clears throat> folks, it seems like for the listener, like it's very much more about social collateral. Like, you know, what um and and there's no, there's another term that uh, just defines it even better. It's basically like, you know, this piece of thing, regardless uh, this this particular thing, regardless to how good, great, whatever I deem it to be, like you know, me liking this, like, what is it going to do for me? Like, what, like, how is it going to make me look amongst my peers? Yeah, right? 100%. When I talk about, yeah, and so. You can't, you can't, you can't even have a difference of opinion in hip hop. Like, everybody's oh looking for goodness. consensus, you yeah. know, and, and, and it's bullshit. It's truly yeah. bullshit, especially now, because, you know, none of these motherfuckers got real friends in the real world. Like, they're just on Twitter. <laughs> You know, it's like, we used to have to go to school and, like, fight people if we had it. <laughs> it's like, nowadays. <laughs> You know, right. I, and right. people just know agree now because otherwise, you know, you get, get fucking canceled. But like, it's just mm-hmm. it's bullshit. And you're a thousand percent right. So like I I have like really worked hard on stop on like stopping caring mm-hmm. about all the music industry shit yeah. and like what people say about this and this and that, because nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. You're going to tell yeah. me. Look, I'm 46 years old. I've I've seen almost every instance of hip hop that has ever been created. You're gonna tell me what good mm-hmm. hip hop is? Right. That's you. Right. You're gonna go to the fucking. You're gonna go to 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 MoMA and tell the fucking gallery director what art is. 
You're gonna right. go to fuck. You know, you're gonna go to fucking Egypt to the tour guide and tell him like, you know, where the fucking the tomb of of, of fucking, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. You know, you right. you're, you're, you you can't. There, there becomes a point as an artist where you just know too much yeah. <laughs> to like have a regular yeah. conversation well, with somebody. Is, and that's this it. is a perfect segue because we were actually, you know, hip hop as we know this year's marks its fiftieth anniversary. Clap it up for hip hop. Clap it up for hip hop. <laughs> you know, as as a student, a self-professed student of hip hop, what would you say are some of the things that stand out to you in the fifty years, right, and that we've been experiencing and living it? What are some of the things that stand out to you, and how has hip hop impacted your life? Um, <laughs> I think I said this at some point. I forget when, but it was like it was like training your entire life to get into to like most incredibly difficult to get into academy and then realizing that the academy had sold all of the degrees <laughs> to, 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 to everybody on ebay and it was a fucking mail order school mail order diploma school and and then you'd be like wait what happened you know right. It was one of those deals. Um, <laughs> you went to Trump University. <laughs> yeah, oh, you went to Trump University. I'm some real shit, like for real. It, like you, um, in a nutshell, the the one line I would say is, you know, hip hop. The counterculture became the culture of counting. Mm. Mm. You know, this was a call counterculture. As a kid, yeah. that's what I re That's how I grew up in it. You know, sampling is illegal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Tagging is vandalism. Mm -hmm. Like all of it is it's it's illegal. Like it's it's not the culture itself is like we that we created a culture and a music out of shit you're not supposed to do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like now it has been so co-opted to the point where all of the soul has been sucked out of it. Like all of the the heart and soul of the culture has been sucked out. Of it. It's it's been so disappointing. So mm. sad to see what hip hop became, you know, but the positives I will say are it did change so many lives and it did save a lot of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I found my brothers through it. You know, I found mm. my I found my family through it. And so it's like and I, I and, and I did find myself through it. So when I when I talk about hip hop. I'm not talking about rap music. I'm, I'm not talking about hip hop culture, blah, 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 blah. Cause that shit changes day to day. And it's the place where it is now is not whatsoever how it was intended mm -hmm. from the architects of it. So like, I'm not even going to get into that. I just know to me, the art of the crafts of the elements to me, the beauty that is in the elements mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. was the greatest thing that ever came out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, truly. Well said. Well yeah, said. Man. Well, that being said, <laughs> right? Like, and this might be tough, right? Because as someone who loves it as much as you do, and who's also been hurt by it, right? Or let down by it from time to time, uh, or time and time again. Like, what advice do you give someone who's just starting out, who's who's looking to um become like a, a hip-hop artist um listen to everything make what you love truly make what you love mm 
and do not listen <laughs> to what people tell you. <laughs> because nobody knows what they're talking about. Make what is in your heart. Just make what is in your heart. Do you it, like if people knew the amount of inner turmoil I went through when I was making like archetype or I was just like, I'm going to sing on this song, dude, they used to like gay bash you if you sang on a rap yeah. record, like straight up, like, and now, you know, and so yeah. to, to and, and I'm, and I was coming out of like battle rapping, you know? So mm -hmm. it was like, it was even worse. Like that was a bigger sin, you know, yeah. it's like finding out the, 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 the Pope gets his dick sucked. <laughs> it's like what you can't do that you know <laughs> so like it, it's it's just like <laughs> you can't do that it's wrong you know Burn him alive. <laughs> so like you're not you weren't allowed to do any of this shit and it's like it, it felt so much fear as a young creative and mm. like feel the fear and do it anyway yeah mix it all because there is no genre yeah, and now all of those things mm -hmm. that you were dragged for doing, right? It's everywhere. It's it's commonplace now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. and I mean, you know, that's the struggle, right? Like, you doing you being true to yourself. Like, I mean, you got you got dragged and ridiculed for doing it. Um, you know, first uh, uh, first through the glass gets the bloodiest, right? Yeah. And then meanwhile, folks come behind you and do almost do the exact same thing, and, and they get praised and yeah. they're rewarded for it. And so, yo, like if there was ever a person to to listen to that, like take that advice and, and run with it. I mean, you know, tone those firsthand. I mean, I I was I had a front row seat for it. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, because we were all man, I remember listening after hearing two or three projects of yours and hearing the songs where you were singing on it as amazing as a, a like you know you're an amazing mc but i would hear those songs i was like bro i'm looking forward to the day you do a full record of this because a lot of times these are my favorite songs on the yeah. record and it's and, and i love the other songs where you're rapping your ass off <laughs> but i'm like man like i like when i would hear those i'm like this is tone yeah. right like you yes you do that's also tone but i feel like you know it's like you're really like giving us everything in a lot of those tracks and so um thank you yeah man um yeah like porcelain um yeah i mean porcelain is still he's still rapping on that but i'm thinking of like it was there's, there's a good deal singing on it there is yeah yeah oh absolutely and shout out to alan z uh who's in the comments now like Folks, remember that name because you'll see why me referencing por uh, porcelain and uh, and then Alan Z being here yeah. with tone deaf here, uh, tone deaf here, <laughs> all will make sense to you in in a bit of time. You know. Yes, I don't uh, want I don't want to give too much away, and I'll I'll let him do it. But essentially, yes, uh, Alan Z is connected uh, mm -hmm. to the song porcelain. You should yeah. go look and up. I didn't and look, go I didn't even up. know that. See, I didn't even know yeah, that. And see, I said it. But see, shout, I be I be knowing. I that's be why knowing. you gotta keep the wisdoms around. The wisdoms, you know? I'm telling bro. you. <laughs> telling you. Yo. Don't sleep. Okay? Don't sleep. Yo. Although, Tone, you should sleep. You should sleep though. I should. Yeah. I really should. I really should more. You know? Yo, so here's a question for someone who's tuning in right now. What does Tone love most about Cinder and what is its uh significance on polymer? Wow. <coughs> so <coughs> so essentially um like cinder 
Cinder started as just like a, a little random interlude. I'd found this one synth patch, but I mm. wanted to have this this moment where um, the whole record's about time. Uh, well, mm. it, it was on Demon originally, and the, the, the whole thing is about time management and stress and anxiety and all this kind of shit. And it's like mm. time, time, time is, is relevant, right, in, in a lot of spaces. We're going to get into fucking, you know, time is a flat circle. We're going to get deep here for a minute, right? So like, mm. <laughs> the idea of Cinder was your life is an ember, mm. you know? Uh, I, I had just like sped wrapped the shit out of like Demon on mm. on 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 the song demon itself Crazy. and then like i just wanted a moment where you could just fester it's like spiritually fester and and kind of linger and you're spent and all that's left of your soul is just like going up as an ember and like sort of being cognizant of time as these mm. embers kind of burn heavily and then they burn out like every second yeah. it comes it's in the present and then it it's out of time. It fades out. And that's what mm. every ember is, right? So mm. Cinder is like, you know, the, the fragments of your soul in the moment as they fade away, you know? Mm. So what, what I love the most about that particular track is that, you know, it's, it is as close to like a synth wave M83 record mm. that you could possibly make. And it's on a hip hop album. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And right. it, and it really is that sort of like spiritual, like reprieve after yeah. <laughs> after the song prior. So it, it 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 definitely has its like significance in the track listing. But yeah, I, I really I really wanted to kind of touch on the idea of like the the temporal nature of of life and you know how how it exists in in the space of time. If that makes yeah, any yeah, sense. Nah, yeah. Super dope. Another great one, uh, someone mentioned, um, uh, the homie Stephanie Gale, uh, was talking about Fast. I used to, man, I used to play the hell out of Fast. <laughs> Good looking song. out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I think uh, with us, um, you were just talking about, you know, uh, the track Demon and, and how fast you were rapping on that, which leads us to our rapid fire questions. Hey, I see what you did there. Right? You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're doing rapid fire questions with Tone. Okay, right, you want to set it off? Yes, yeah, so we have four questions We're for you. We're starting with food, though. Yes. I was going to say something, but I'm going to leave it there. Don't you do it. <laughs> Don't you do it. You know who we're talking to. Don't you do it. I almost forgot it. who I was talking to, but right. I can't do it. Right. All right. So, question one. So, you just it's we're going to give you two options, and you you decide which one you want to go with. You know, now you, you are... A man that lives in New York City, but you haven't always lived in New York City. You've lived in Florida. You lived in Chicago. So we're going to give you two choices. Cuban sandwich or chopped cheese? Cuban sandwich. Okay. okay. All right. All cool. right. You got to work for the people. For the people. Well, let's stay like, with food. With no hesitation. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Respect it. Let's, let's stay with food for a second. Uh -huh. So this next one. Uh, uh, chips and guac or tacos and chocolate milk? Hey. <laughs> um, definitely chips and guac because I have a kosher stomach and I ain't trying to blow anybody's bathroom up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and and for anyone who who isn't uh you know a long time blue schooler who doesn't know uh you know tacos and chocolate milk uh, chocolate milk was a groundbreaking podcast by Tone Deaf and Pack FM. Yeah, Shout yeah. out to all the blue schoolers who know. Yeah, man. Shout out to Pack. All right, question number three. Watchmen graphic novel or 
the Walking Dead comics. Oh God! Oh man, the comics, the Walking Dead comics are so good. Mm-hmm. But the artistic achievement, there is no, there's, it's Watchmen all day. Like, okay. the the, yeah. the the technical achievement of Watchmen is just fucking crazy. Like, it just. Mm. It doesn't even make sense to people. Like it's just so crazy. But The Walking Dead is just—it's—it's it's great television, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on paper, right? On paper, right? Right. <laughs> Way to clean it up. Way to clean it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, last one. last one. All right. And this is—you know—we we try to make it tough for you, but uh, Tom York or James Blake? Oh God. <laughs> uh, I love both. I think Tom York all day. Tom York is just, okay. I mean, yeah. There, there is no world where James Blake can hold Tom York's fucking cup of water. Yeah, I, I figured, but, you know, I was like, but I know you do love them both. And see, I I'd be a jerk to be like Tom York or, or Tori Amos. Yeah. Oh, man. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Uh, so I tried yeah. not to go there, yeah, but we since were you were so there. short, yeah. sure, I'm uh, like, well, you know. Well, you know. We try I, I, don't to be want, nice. I don't even want to answer that shit. Like, I'm going to get so much hate. Right, like, right. No, if no, we were no, on drink t- champs, you, you'd be taking a sip of something right now. Fucking <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Tom, Tom York is Tom York is 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 one of my yeah. favorite all time artists ever. Yeah, man. And he's just no, he's, he's so he's so versatile, man. He's so mm-hmm. versatile. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we have a lot of similar like bends towards like electronic music and mm-hmm. weird sad piano shit. So like, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Good job. Good job. There you go. Good job. Good job. See, we didn't hurt you too bad. We you know didn't hurt you too bad. Let me try to keep it somewhat, somewhat light. Somewhat light. <laughs> you guys are so kind. Right, right. Aw, thank I you. I love you so- guys. You're the best. We love you back. We love yeah. you back. Yeah, so, man. thank you so much for being here. Before we let you go, um, what's next for you? What you? This is your time. You know, time to shine. And, and oh, I man. think I know what's next, so I'll bring these up on the screen. Oh, but, look at this! Yeah, you know, but just in case, because we know. do our homework. T- we, uh, we, our homework. we pay attention. We care, Tone. We you, care. You, it's amazing. I feel loved. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah. Essentially, in the next, actually, this Friday, uh, Definitions Volume Three will drop. I've been working mm-hmm. heavy uh, past couple weeks, um, just getting everything mixed up, mastered, blah, 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 blah. So this Friday, Definitions Volume 3 will drop, and it is a collection of pre-existing um, uh, uh, b- uh, instrumentals from pre-existing songs that haven't had instrumentals before. So uh, mm-hmm. they're going to come out on Friday. On July 7th, Definitions Volume 4 is my very first from scratch all-instrumental record created specifically to be an instrumental record. So wow. um, I've been really excited about it. Like all the stuff we were talking about during quarantine and all that, like th- this is a lot of the stuff that came out of that time period is going to be on this record. So I'm hella, hella fucking excited to put out Definitions Volume 4, July 7th. So you can go pre-order right now, tonedef.com. Um, and then after that, yeah, I'm uh, getting ready to uh, do my fully sung album, Hyperrealism, under the name Peter Anthony Red. And oh. obviously we got Lucy's Patreon. We put out a brand new song every month. So go awesome. go check that out. Dope. Awesome. And uh, last question from a fan: They wanted to know uh, what's your favorite track from the forthcoming Definitions Volume Four. <laughs> uh, there is one called "Organism" that I absolutely love. That is like oh. I cannot stop playing it. It's just okay. I'm like, wow, I made this! Like I'm so excited. Um, I, did I did that. Right. So yeah, uh, 
Um, thank thank you for that question. I'm I'm really 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 amped to put out like a production record because I feel like that's not that's something as you know, Stan, mm-hmm. that people generally sleep on the production when you're an MC and you produce. You know what I'm saying? So absolutely. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Thank you so much, man. Uh, you know, always a pleasure chopping it up with you. And you know, what I mean, thanks. Uh, you know, I'm sure. Uh, there's a ton of artists um, like me, you know what I mean, like who uh, had the pleasure of working with you in some capacity. So thank you for all you do, bro. Like I know that I know a lot of times you feel like um, it goes greatly. Uh, I mean, it's uh, like, you know, it's underappreciated a lot of times. But the folks who know, um, you know, I tell people all the time, I was like, man, go where the love is, right? And so, and, and I know for a fact, man, there's a ton of fans out here uh, who love you. There's a, a ton of folks like myself who love uh, love you and love what you've done, what you've, um, how much you've given to this culture. And so I just wanted to salute you, man, give you your flowers and stuff, man. Uh, clap it up, you clap know? it up. Yeah, absolutely. Clap it up, <laughs> I love that clap sound. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, no problem. You guys, you guys are amazing. Seriously, it's 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 really, it's great to have a forum like this for creatives to get in depth with like the technical shit about creative life. So yeah. this is a great lane. Keep keep working this. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, man. Appreciate and thank you so much it, for having me on for, for real. For absolutely. Real. No, this has been great. Thank you all so much for joining us. We see you on YouTube. We see you on Facebook. We see you. Those that join us in later, we appreciate mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much for joining us for Artistry. Tone, stick around. We're, for the rest of y'all, we will see you next week. And next week, who do we have? We have, let me think about it. I was going to say, because I don't know. She's, <laughs> we, we got a lot of dope folks this season, we and do. I could not we remember. Do. <laughs> so next week, we do have an R&B artist oh, by yeah. the name of Millen. Yeah, yeah, joining shout out us. to Millen. So dope. Yes, yeah, very, very dope. Um, and then, you know, for the ladies... We haven't forgotten about you. I know it seems like a sausage party, but well, trust me. Closing out uh, closing we, out the season strong with the women. With the ladies. Mm-hmm. So the ladies we will be represented. So definitely stay tuned. For yeah. the rest of y'all, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next Wednesday. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Same but, bat channel. Uh, and before we go uh, real quick, um, just wanted oh, to yeah. give everyone heads up. Shameless uh, plug. Yeah, you know, because there's a lot of things going on. Things going on. Things going on. Yeah, we're going to throw this up on the screen real quick. And so, yeah, man, just a a reminder that you can pre-order Adultish right now. uh, The new album, which is actually mixed and mastered by our guest today, Mr. Tone Def. Yes. Um, Yeah, man. And um, definitely record would not be the same without his contribution. So shout out to my brother Tone for all the work he put in on Adultish. But yeah, man. uh, Listen, listen, people, like uh, here's my second endorsement after the hat. (laughs) <laughs> go buy this album like right now it is so fucking dope like it's beyond this is this is stan's magnum opus he produced it he wrote oh, it man. it is it is it is a fucking incredible album do not sleep also the creative direction the artwork like look at this this it's just yeah. it's gorgeous the whole Thank thing you, is man. just master class artistry just go wow. support substantial please this album is amazing and I'm gonna go ahead and try not to cry as we uh <laughs> we wrap up the episode. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, man. One one second we had a little technical glitch that just happened, so give it one second to bring it back around. We put but too yo, much love in the world, and it, we I broke know, all the technology. Son. That's what happened. <laughs> I, I, know, I don't know what just happened, but <laughs> man, listen, man, we appreciate you so much, bro. Um, thank you for being on the show, man. To everybody else, man, um, you know, y'all stay tuned for for the next episode next week with our guest Millen. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, man, y'all have a great night. And we're gonna close you out with some uh, with some good old exit music. All right, y'all, peace, <laughs> peace. Thanks for listening to Artistry, where art meets industry. Season four of Artistry is powered by Words Beats and Life. Visit www.wblinc.org to learn more. This podcast is produced by Substantial Art and Music. For more information, please visit www.subartandmusic.com. You can also follow us on social media at Subart and Music. Peace.